All right. Raise your hand if, the, if you think the pig actually flew, if he made it. Did he make it? Well, you guys don't think he made it? Oh, poor dude. That's so sad. Oh, man. That um, worship was awesome. Um, and we'll, we'll have a couple songs a little bit later, but um, that it was like rocking and rolling, right? It was kind of like more upbeat stuff. Um, that first song, when it said fragrance, that always reminds me of this uh, thing that happened that was kind of funny. I was at a church, and it was a young adult thing. And, you know, there's this girl, she's leading worship, and she's doing a great job, and they finish. And I'm hanging out in the back by the coffee bar, like ordering a latte or whatever. And she comes back, and she's like, here's the coffee bar. She's like, Whew. and there's a candle right here. And she goes, that candle smells like Jesus. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> But when I saw that, it just reminded me of it, like, <laughs> I wonder what Jesus smells like. Anyway, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> it's good to be back with you guys. Um, I heard last week was really good, like, even though, like, it was really chill, healing, kind of a, a intimate time of, of just sharing, and you guys had communion, which is really cool. And I'm, I'm bummed that I missed it, but I'm really glad that we have such a cool team here, great team that that we can still rock and roll even even if, you know, one of us is down for the count. So, you know, props to all the folks who were involved in, and you guys that showed up and everybody that made last week the kind of a night that it was. So that was really cool. Hey, we're jumping into a brand new series called When Pigs Fly, and it's all about miracles. <clears throat> Do you believe in miracles? Do you really think that they happen? Do you really believe that God is capable of doing miracles today? Do you think he wants to do miracles today? And if you think that he does, do we live expecting him to do miracles today? You know, this word miracle, it's a, a religiously loaded word, right? Culturally, we throw it around. Um, on Thursday, I hurt my back. Um, by Friday, it was so bad, I could like barely move. And I had to go get something from the grocery store and it was like this humongous ordeal. Have you ever been where like, you're like literally counting how many steps to get somewhere? Like you're like, okay, that's like 10 and a half steps. Um, this thing over here is like four steps. I think I'm gonna go this direction. You know, like you're, it's like that kind of pain. Um, but I'm pulling up to the grocery store and literally right up front, right up front was a parking spot and it was calling my name, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I, I, was, <laughs> I was very tempted to say, man, that was a miracle, you know, right? We do that. We kind of throw those, those words around. Um, you know, it's almost like the, the universe has benefited us or worked together to help us or, or God has favored us or, you know, whatever it is. But that's kind of how we treat culture. We have a cultural um, approach to that word. Uh, but some churches don't even talk about it because it, it immediately turns into like weird conversations, right? You've been there before maybe. And, um, and I, so I thought um, it would be good as we jump into the series, first and foremost, to talk about what a miracle is 
and, uh, and maybe share, like build kind of a foundation for where we're headed with this series because I'm really excited about it. Um, when we look at scripture, specifically Jesus, miracles, uh, what were his miracles like? What are some of the common characteristics that we see? First and foremost, we see that Jesus' miracles were centered on establishing his teachings, okay? And I'm just going to kind of shotgun these a little bit, and then we'll talk, we'll talk through some scriptural stuff here in a minute. Number two, we see that um, his miracles demonstrated his compassion um, for the human, the human ailment, the human condition, he really cared, and, and it's beautiful. And in, in Mark, Mark uses a lot of this feeling language uh, more so than any of the other gospels. And and there are a couple of instances where he says Jesus felt compassion, and uh, and actually in the Greek it means that like he had a, a rumble in his bowels. <laughs> but that, but that was uh, that was their word for for compassion, and um, and so. Jesus felt compassion. Uh, we also see his miracles center around manifesting the kingdom of God here on earth. It was never an ostentatious demonstration, right? He wasn't out there trying to be showy or flashy or bring attention. In fact, there's this idea called the messianic secret where scholars are asking the question, why is it that Jesus seems to tell people to keep what he's doing a secret from the the, the crowds, like there are some instances where he interacts with people and he says, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody what I did. And they're asking the question, like, what, what's behind that? Why is he, why is he doing that? But it definitely wasn't to draw like all this attention to himself. If, in fact, um, there's some occasions we'll talk about one later, but he refuses even on, on some occasions to do miracles, um, just because people demanded of a sign, Right. He refused to do miracles in some of those circumstances. But nevertheless, Jesus' ministry explodes. This is the word I want to think about. And that's why we're talking about this during this season, right? Halloween's kind of fun. Uh, but it's when we think about like the supernatural and, and crazy stuff like that. Um, but Jesus' ministry literally explodes with supernatural demonstrations. He calmed the seas. He multiplied food for hungry crowds, changed water into wine, supernatural um, healings, reversing death, casting out demons. Um, I was just curious, I decided to look up Oxford definition. Just, yeah, I wonder what, what you know, that's going to have for us. Let's take a look at that really quickly. A surprising and welcome event that is not applicable explicable, excuse me, it's not explicable by nature or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. That's kind of crazy that that's in the Oxford Dictionary. Um, it, it's saying here, it's like, okay, uh, a miracle is something that is surprising. So it's something that doesn't happen very often. It's something that has grabbed our attention. It's also a welcome event. It's not something that is terrible or, or um, horrific or, or, you know, um, like a, a, an overall bad thing. It's not like that. Um, it supersedes natural law or supernatural. And I love that it says these kinds of events, these miraculous events, these things that have superseded natural law point to agency, to divine agency. I love that. I love that. I thought we'd also uh, benefit from taking a look at what crossroads 
statement of faith has to say about miracles. So let's, there's a lot of words here. I'm just going to read through it really quickly, but this kind of gives us an understanding, at least as we've joined together here at Crossroads, and this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to believe this, uh, but this is something as a, as a staff, as a body of Christ, we've kind of joined together and said, we can, we can agree on some of these things. Okay. So let's read through this real quick. Why we believe wholeheartedly that God's spirit can work through anyone he wants to do miraculous things, we also believe that often the miraculous or sign gifts of the Holy Spirit have been misunderstood. Pause. I agree with this wholeheartedly. I think so many times, um, you know, with any kind of opportunity for power has been misused, abused, and misunderstood, right? And so when you're talking about supernatural occurrences, okay? Um, it, it, it is no surprise to me. In fact, it makes sense that people would misunderstand these kinds of things and, and abuse them. And, and um, I've seen some incredible things just in my own walk. I hope that you've seen some incredible um, stories and things that you can tell about, miracles that have actually taken place uh, but yeah, I believe that people misunderstand them oftentimes and what their purpose is. And that's what we're going to jump into. Um, some who desperately want the Holy Spirit to do miraculous things, though them at times fool themselves into believing that they have a miraculous gift or a sign gift. Again, going after that idea of power. That's not what, that's not what miracles are about. It's not about, um, you know, having... Um, it's not about drawing attention. It's not about, you know, God, we, we want to, we want a miracle on demand. So we're going to, we're going to just sit here until you do it, you know, or, or anything like that. Um, many churches emphasize these gifts above the other gifts like serving, giving, leading. Okay. So that's what Crossroads statement of faith says about it. Jesus says a bunch about miracles. Um, but the one thing I do want to just encourage you with, because we are in the new covenant, right? We're in the new covenant. Christ has um, gone to the Father. He's given uh, the Holy Spirit, and that's where we're at, right? And we commune with, uh, with God through the Holy Spirit, and he does miracles. He does incredible things through us today. This is what he says um, in John 14, 12. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these. They will do greater things than these. So we, you know, there's a point where um, Jesus says, he says, I am a, I need to be about my father's business. I need to be about my father's business. I need to be doing my father's will. I need to be doing my father's will. And I think right here, this is pretty good evidence that we need to be about Jesus' business. We need to be about Jesus' work. We need to be about the things that he wants us to be about. So really quickly, as we're talking about miracles, you know, we see them all throughout the New Testament. Um, but it's kind of interesting. There are some instances where Jesus doesn't do miracles or he seems to do them a little bit less. And we're going to just uh, focus in on this just a little bit really quickly as we're jumping through this. Jesus refused to perform miracles when, um, when it came to like proving himself. Okay. Um, so in Mark 8, Specifically, in Mark 8, the Pharisees approach Jesus. They're trying to test him. And, uh, and they said, give us a sign. They said, give us a sign. 
And Jesus responded sharply to them, and he said, why does this generation need a sign? There will be no sign given. Okay, so miracles are not intended for us to be bartering with God. Will you, will you just do this for me, and then I'll believe you? Will you just help me in this, and then I'll believe you? I'll believe that you're there if you just do this for me. That's not the point. That's not why God does miracles. Number two is that Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate will. I think this is huge. This is huge. I, I love this story. We've, like, I'll be honest with you, when I was studying this too, like I, I've seen it a bunch of times, but this time it was like, boom, okay, this is, okay, Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, right? He betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and what happened? Peter gets ticked off, he pulls out a sword, whoosh, and he cuts off one of the guard's ears, okay? You guys know the story? Okay, so the ears cut off, and what does Jesus do? He picks up, you know, they're probably over in the bushes like, okay, where's the ear? You know, and they pick up the ear, he picks up the ear, and he goes, and he, he heals the guy, he puts it back on his head. And um, it's interesting because right after he did that, Right after you did, after he did that, um, he says to Peter, he says, Peter, don't you realize that I could ask for all the angels in heaven? But he doesn't. Why wouldn't he do that? He doesn't because it doesn't align with the will of God. So here he is healing the ear in one instance, doing that miracle, this other miracle, calling down angels from heaven, even though he has the ability, he's not doing that because it is not in line with God's will. Um, the third thing that we see is that Jesus did less miracles in areas that had little faith. Okay, one notable is where he's from, his hometown, right? And, and uh, you know, they grew up with him. They know that that's, oh, that's Jesus. That's the son of Joseph. And he's weird, right? Because he hangs out at the synagogue. And, uh, but it says that Jesus did not do many miracles in his hometown because, because there was little faith. There was little faith. And I think there's a lesson in there for us. If we think about it conversely, um, we can conclude that faith moves the heart of God. Faith does move the heart of God. Matthew 9, a woman is bleeding. Um, she's been bleeding for years and years and years. And she's thinking, if I can just reach out and touch his garment. And Jesus feels her touch and he feels the power go out. And he says, somebody just touched me. I felt it. I felt the power go out. And, and she identifies herself and he turns to her and he says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Luke 17, 10 lepers. Jesus says again, your faith has healed you. Luke 18, we see a blind beggar. God heals him and he says, your faith has healed you. I think our faith moves the heart of God. Matthew 8. Roman centurion approaches Jesus, asks that his own servant be healed. And um, what's amazing is he says, look, I'm not even worthy to, be, um, un to have you be under my roof. Uh, but if you would just say the word, I know that if you just said the word, that he would be healed. 
Jesus says to him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This guy, this Roman centurion, um, arguably like the enemy of the Israelites, right? They were, they're in Roman occupied territory. These guys were the ones that kept them under their thumb. And uh, this guy comes to him and says, I don't care about our social constructs. I don't care about our government, our political system. I know and I've heard that you have incredible power and I want you to heal my servant. And Jesus says, I have not found anyone in Israel. That's interesting, Israel. He says right here that um, I say to you that many will come from the east and come from the west and will take their places in, at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. What he's saying is, is that there are a lot of people in Israel that have incredible faith. They have amazing faith. And yet, very truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Faith. That's amazing. Like this guy's faith is like blowing Jesus out of the water. He's like, a, he's like amazed at his faith. So that's number one. It's just faith moves the heart of God. Number two is that today miracles and prayer go together. They go together hand in hand. Miracles and prayer go to, together hand in hand. As we are jumping into the series, one of the things I want you to be chewing on and stretching yourself is asking God, teach me to pray and ask you for the big things. Teach me to pray and ask you for those things that are, that are, that are, I, I love the verse that says, um, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right? Have you guys ever been there before? Like, I believe, but man, there's those times where uh, because of life circumstances, because of experiences in the past, because of hardship, because of failure in the past, because of disappointment, maybe it's hard for me to go to God and in faith pray for those miraculous things. Think about your prayers from last week. Are you going to the throne room and asking God to move in big ways that require big faith? Are you, or your prayer centered around like, hey, God, thank you for this meal or, you know, just little things. I love, there's this guy, I, he talks about the Bible a lot, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know if he's a Christian. Um, I think he's just like kind of a wise sage kind of a dude, um, but he's really old. So, uh, but his name is Jim Rohn, but I love this quote. I love this quote. He says, make sure you don't go to the beach with a teaspoon. At least take a bucket so the kids won't laugh at you. What does he mean? What does he mean? This is the whole ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, right, the answer is always no, right? Oh, these are just principles, right? Uh, but when we apply them to this idea that God is a miraculous God and he wants to do big things and he wants to redeem lives and he wants to heal the sick and save the lost, that if we go to, to the throne room and we're thanking God for potatoes, really? Or am I praying for my friend Jimmy who is, who is in rehab right now for alcoholism? And I, am I praying that God would deliver him from those chains? Am I thanking him for a parking spot? 
Really? Or am I lifting up my aunt that has cancer and, and, and expecting God to heal her of that cancer miraculously? How, how is your prayer life affected by your past experiences? This was that question. I've been chewing on this. And, and um, I tell you, for me personally, it, it has convicted me. Like, and I've seen some incredible things. I've seen God do miracles right in front of me. I've seen um, so many ways. We're going to jump into a lot of these stories this week, right? Um, miracles of healing. I'm so stoked. Next week, we get to hear from Savannah. She's going to talk, talk about miracles of healing. And then uh, miracles of provision and protection and all these different kinds of miracles that we see Jesus do. He's still doing them. I've seen them. I know that we have a God who's like that. And yet in my prayer life, sometimes I go to God and I'm like, God, thank you for my potatoes. And this convicted me big time. I love this story in, in Luke 11, Luke 11, five through eight, the disciples go to Jesus and they say, can you teach us how to pray? And Jesus goes through the, the Lord's prayer, right? But then he tells this story, and I never hear anybody go into, like, actually telling this story because it's kind of funny. Um, but this is directly after he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. Directly after he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he says this. Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, excuse me, and, and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. And I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one answers, don't bother me. So the friend is in the house. It's midnight. And he says, look, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My kids are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. But Jesus says, I tell you. And this is like this phrase, this formula where he says, I tell you. It's like, he's like saying, look, pay attention. Y'all paying attention? He's about to tell you something. Okay. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, I love that, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you anything you need. What is he saying? He's saying if it's the middle of the night and you're banging on your neighbor's door for bread and your neighbor says, go away, I'm sleeping, my kids are in the bed, what is he saying? He's saying, keep banging on that door. 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 And eventually the neighbor's going to get up and give you anything you want because of your shameless audacity. And I'm like, man, what if we prayed with shameless audacity? If we went to the throne room expectantly in faith and said, God, I know that you're a God who can do miracles. And I have this that I need. And I have this that I need. And, and I, I didn't let my past dis disappointments, I didn't let my, my past failures uh, let down things like that affect uh, what I'm going to God for. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking him for those things. And I'm like, maybe it's a little testy too, because to ask some of these things, I don't know if I have the faith to ask those things. But if we go with shameless audacity, because I believe, and I think we're going to see it in this series, the band can come on up. I think we're going to see it in the series. That we do have a God who does miracles. And that's that thing 
right? That our faith implies. We, we, we sing songs about miracles. We talk about God healing and doing these things. But I don't know, do we really live like we believe it? Do we really live every single day like we're expecting God to do a miracle in our lives or somebody else around us or maybe God's going to use you to do a miracle in somebody else's life. So I'm excited as we jump into this and I pray that we'll walk out of this with a fresh new understanding of this amazing, almighty, powerful God who loves each and every one of us. We're going we're gonna to talk about those hard questions about like, why does God do miracles sometimes, but he doesn't do miracles other times? And how can I reconcile that? And how can I, how can I really come to terms with the God that seems to, you know, it, it almost seems haphazard in how he moves. And, but I think ultimately through this, that we come to a new place of worshiping the Father because we see kind of amazing God that he is. And number two, that our prayer life is transformed into something fresh and something different than it was before tonight. Father, thank you for um, being a God of miracles. Thank you for being a God that, <laughs> man, even to this day, I know you don't do these miracles to to. Uh, draw attention to yourself, God, but you're giving us an incredible testimony. And I just want to shout it from the rooftops. God, I want to see, um, see you do more miracles, not for miracles sake, but God, because I know that when you do a miracle, you're changing somebody's life. Just hope that that would be true in our community here at Young Adults, that we would grow in our faith, in our expectancy to see you do miracles and transform lives and continue healing and protecting and providing. God, because you are worthy. I just love you in Jesus' name, amen.